0: Chapter 15 The Old Man in the Woods You didn't get the quest you wanted. You got the one you could do. Lev Grossman, The Magician King Welcome, brave traveler, to Salandrian, a city steeped in murder, mystery, and madness. Stagnation and complacency have run rampant. And something monstrous churns behind the dark. A group of private investigators, the only thing that stands in the way of injustice and despair. Let us join them now for another exciting episode of The Beholder's Eye! One,
1: two, one, two, three, four. <laughs>
0: It's only been a few minutes since, uh, Penny split you guys up. She took you, Boris, and put you in her office. You've never really been in Penny's office before? And as you enter, the first thing you notice about it is that it just smells fantastic. Penny, this is... You've never let me in your office before. I know, Boris, but I, I, I usually don't like anyone in my office, um... It's kind of my personal space, but... Uh, I do like you, Penny, but I also <laughs> want you to let you know I do see you as a superior. Yes, I am your superior, so thank you. Um, <laughs> y- you just sit tight. Uh, don't touch anything, please. Um, and I'll be back in a minute. I gotta go talk to everybody else, get everybody going, but um, I will... Uh, it wasn't
2: some kind of code, was it, Penny? No. Okay.
0: <laughs> Just checking. i'll be back in a minute okay just sit tight she uh she leaves and as you're sitting there you know just kind of looking around her office this office
2: smells really good
0: <laughs> uh her office is actually very distinctively of orange <laughs> just a lot of orange yep yeah yeah uh and uh, i'd say orange and cinnamon mm. but as you're looking around you you notice that it's it's basically the polar opposite of what Aldalar's offices, which you've been in a few times, and, you know, aldelar's office is very disheveled. He's got books and stuff everywhere. Her office is very well kept.
1: Boris is impressed because he he personally is quite... Re- everyone thinks he's bumbly, and he gets... His desk does get into a mess because, you know, he's studying and things, but he does yeah. tidy up at the end of the day, generally, and he okay. tries to keep his stuff kind of ordered.
0: But maybe doesn't have a... A system just tries to put everything back in a good, like... Yeah. <laughs> so it, it fits all nice and looks good. Yeah, he try, he's,
1: he's, he's trying to be a good wizard, and uh, he thinks part of being a good wizard is is to be organized and structured, and, you know, he can get a bit out of hand. So um, yeah, he's impressed well, by Penny's crisp organization here.
0: Yeah, and you see, I mean, her desk is um, a very well-constructed uh, cherry wood desk that is just shined to an almost reflective surface Uh, and on the desk is just almost small if we do all the work here (laughs) Uh, well actually he just thinks that he doesn't say it out loud the other prominent thing in the office is a very large bookshelf that almost fills the entire wall behind her desk Uh, and you can see very meticulously organized folders and binders just lining every inch of the uh the bookshelf hmm. uh and they all seem to be case files hmm. because of the way that they're labeled um you know and it's it looks completely alphabetized organized by year just, this is good she's probably the only reason that this business stays open and makes money yeah <laughs> let's put it that way <laughs> you can tell that just from looking at her office just, it seems like they got good records yeah
2: maybe she does do something then hmm
0: you, as you're sitting there, you're sitting there for a few minutes and uh, you can kind of hear her going in and out of doors, talking to people in the hallway. Boris is kind
1: of just like slightly rocking back and forth in his chair, just ever so slightly. <laughs> is, like very close, his legs, like he's like in a kind of like hands on lap kind of position. Very just much trying to just Go behave ahead. himself. He's just kind <laughs> of, his, his eyes are just scanning the room back and forth. He's just kind of pondering to himself and he's got a little he starts to have a little humming tune coming in his head. <laughs> like
2: Boom 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 boom
0: So uh after a few minutes Boom-de-boom. you hear uh Penny gone? a door close close to Penny's office and she and the door opens up and she comes in kind of hurriedly and she says, Oh uh Boris, um I'll be back with you in a minute. I just I gotta uh write something down for Barry. Oh no and problem ben. Penny.
2: I don't have anything to do. Don't worry
0: about it. All right, <laughs> uh, and she, well, I'm generally
2: just here in the office waiting your direction.
0: So she she sits down at her desk and opens a drawer, and uh, you can see that when she opens this drawer, it seems to just be stuffed with like pieces of parchment. And she just pulls one out at random, sets it down, and starts uh, scrolling a note on it. And she says, "Oh, Boris, um, I'm gonna be back in a minute. I need you to go and." Um, Get your spell book. Get anything you need. Um, you're going to be going on a little bit of a trip. Huh? Outside of the city. oh, uh, um, Outside of the city? Within within a few hours of travel. A
2: few hours away, you say?
0: Yeah. I- I've taken care of your travel accommodations, Um, and the man who you're going to go see is expecting you, but uh, I got to go run this note back to Barry and Swifty. One more moment. And she runs out the door, closing it behind her, uh, and you hear door open down the hallway and voices sounds like Swifty Barry and Penny talking to each other they talk for a minute and you're kind of just left there to to hum to yourself again and Penny comes back in says okay sorry about that Barry um I just wanted to get them all out of here uh because they're going to be local you you've got a little bit of a journey ahead of you I am sending you down to uh somewhat the most southern reaches of the uh forest
2: will i be gone for a, l- a fairly what long while well time?
0: you should only be gone a, a day unless mm. something like really bad happens but uh, um okay because i have a i have like a barrel or a keg of
2: the finest ale coming which i was going to sell to barry so if barry's going away for a while or i'm going away for a while Please let Barry know that there is a exceptionally good keg of uh, alcohol available. It's going to be stoned in my room, Okay. and he can go in and purchase it off me if he wants. He okay. can have a sample, okay. as in like he can have half <laughs> a point <laughs> to sample if he likes. And if he likes it, okay. he can buy it off me for the awfully good price of just 280 gold. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, Have him know that in some parts of the city, this, this is a great value because this would go for at least 450
0: to 500 uh, gold. Okay, Boris, Boris, I'm going to stop you there. Um, I will. Don't <laughs> worry. I'll take care of it. Uh, Thank you. But right now, I need you to focus on the task at hand. <laughs> oh, and- well, I'm totally, I'm, I'm 100% <laughs> focused on the task, Penny. She opens up one of the drawers in her desk, and she pulls out a small portfolio of papers and opens it up, and she says, okay, so, um, and sh- as she's leafing through it, she says, ah, here we go, and this is going to be your travel voucher. You can take this down, once you get to the, the main gates at the southern end of the city, you can take this over to the McElroy's Tack and Feed, and they will arrange a, uh, a carriage for you. Um, A couple of horses and a driver that will take you down to the southern edge of the the forest and to this man's house. Now, the man you're going to see is named Cornelius Baglin. He is actually um, kind of a pariah. He was excommunicated from the city uh, for having some very interesting views on magic. And he is also a very key member of of the protectorate we also believe that's part of why he's been exiled uh his exile was actually a fairly recent thing that stemmed from the church of the open eye getting a couple of uh, nobles in their pockets we assume through blackmail of some sort because the nobles i mean they have all the gold they could ever want but yes what i'm going to need you to do go down uh and see cornelius and i'm going to have you bring these papers to him um on them are a few shall we say test results uh from some work we've been doing with Tomasz. Uh, th- there's a reason that he i mean we were supposed to help him um he's supposedly pretty important if you know the other side wants to get their hands on him. So we need to figure out more about what's going on with that. Unbeknownst to the rest of you, we've we've actually had a few attempts made by the church to locate him. And we've had to spread some misinformation about, well, about his whereabouts.
2: You've been trying to find Tomas? Yes, this yes.
0: They, I mean, they're still trying to find him. They, they either want him dead or want him for themselves, it seems. But so... Hmm. I'm going to have you take this paperwork down to Cornelius. It's a very important task. I need it there as quickly as possible. So here's your travel voucher. And she- This is
2: she, why you put your best agent on it,
0: right? Exactly. Exactly. Right. She, uh, she closes up the portfolio, ties uh, the little ties that keep it closed. And Morris she hands it, it to wink. you. <laughs> she winks right back at you. <laughs> hands over the portfolio and she says, okay, this will have everything you need in it. Like I said, go down to the McElroy's uh, tack and feed.
2: The galroy's tucking feed to
0: see Cornelius. Uh, no, Cornelius is not at the <laughs> tucking feet. Uh, just if you get confused at any part, at any point, you will find an itinerary as the second page in there, uh, right I'm behind your sure, travel. I'm sure you know by
2: now. I am not the confusing type. You never have to tell me anything twice. Yes, I know. I know, Boris.
0: She f- sh- kind of leaves through it with you, shows you all the important stuff, and uh, she says, okay, I'm going to le- need you to leave at once. The-, the trip should only take you, you know, about five, six hours, and the carriageman will have instructions to wait for you and then bring you back, okay? Okay, I will just go grab my cloak,
2: and I will be on my way. I already have my spellbook, as you know, on my arm. Perfect. Because I'm always prepared. Perfect. Like a good dwarf scout.
0: (laughs) So as you're leaving the beholder's eye, Penny, you know, kind of catches you as you're going out the door and she says, oh, one last thing, uh, Boris, have a good trip.
2: Oh, thank you, Penny. You have a good time staying inside nice and warm and comfortable in your well-orientated office. I'm sure I will. Thank you. (laughs) I haven't seen the cat in a while, by the way, so maybe keep an eye out for the cat. Oh, I yeah, do, do sell that beer
0: to Barry. Uh, for- I'll,
2: I'll take care of it. I'll Thank take you. care of it. Don't so uh, tell me it's very, very, very good ale. The finest ale that he's going to find.
0: I'm sure he'll still try to claim it's crap. Maybe, but I'm pretty sure he will buy it. I will let him it, negotiate so. me down. Don't worry, Boris. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. So, uh, you head over to McElroy's attack and feed uh and as you walk in there are three guys standing behind the counter they seem to possibly be brothers they look very similar to each other the uh the tallest one says hi partner how's it going can we uh can we help you today
2: oh that's uh uh hi yes my, my name is Boris i'm from the beholder's eye uh i, I was sent you uh I you the mcelroy's uh yes oh McElroy's, yeah we're the, we're
0: the mcelroy brothers i'm torvis <laughs> 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 this is jorston <laughs>
2: And that's Ditto. Well, you kind of look like my brother. My brother kind of looks a little bit like me.
0: Um <laughs> uh, they're all dwarves. Um <laughs> But uh you pull out your travel voucher, I assume, and uh yeah. they take a look at it and they, oh yes, we were we were waiting for you. Um Jorston looks at you and he says, "I I'll, I'll help you out with that. Come on." and uh he takes you out front right as oh and as you're you're walking out the front door you hear a a bell ring behind you as you're coming out the front a carriage pulls up with two very beautiful horses pulling it sitting up in the driver's seat is a small for even a gnome girl right she seems to be all of maybe 20 years old pretty pretty young Wow. for a gnome
1: how would i know that like mannerisms or
0: uh yeah the the fact that like gnomes as they age they don't really look like they get older until they're in the couple hundreds but before they're about 50 or 60 like they're considered children and it's just kind of like how you can identify children of like any race like they just carry themselves differently and actually as as she pulls up she's like howdy mister you ready to go for a ride um possibly uh yeah uh says um now katie here uh, i gotta say she may not be one of our safest drivers but she is our fastest and that is what uh uh penny requested so there are when you get in you will see some odd straps that is a harness if you feel unsafe at any point you can strap yourself into it and uh if katie does crash the carriage we uh we will take the <laughs> liability to cover any sort of bodily harm or Well, that's uh, great news,
2: son. i mean um my personal disposition is to be more of the attitude of hmm maybe be better, there, get better to get there alive uh, and possibly a little bit slower, but I am being told regularly by my good colleagues Barry and Swifty that actual I've got that completely wrong. That the correct order is uh, get there as fast as possible by any means necessary. If dead, better better they're dead and quick than they're <laughs> slow and alive.
0: Uh,
2: this, uh, uh, so on that note, my I do need to check though is. Katie, you seem quite young. Uh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh
0: are you of age old enough to actually drive? This is a fantasy world. There's no fun. <laughs> There's no DMV. Uh no. Uh she says, "Well, of course I wouldn't be driving if I wasn't. Let's get going." Well, that all my concerns have
2: definitely been uh <laughs> <laughs> Rectified. I have been uh, told well and truly correctly. What are the names Justin, of the horses
1: and what colour are they? <laughs> I mean, I, 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 what are the names of the horses and what colour are they? I mean, I can probably tell what colour they are. Uh, I need to know what colour they are.
0: They're both chestnut brown.
2: Okay, but I do actually want to know their names.
0: The in-game. So okay, so uh, looking directly, like if you're standing in front of the carriage, the one on the left mm. is named. Darren. Well, that was
2: very close to what I wanted him to be
0: named. <laughs> and the one on the right is named Gary. Gary. Gary
2: yeah. and Darren. They're very exciting names for
0: an equine beast. As far as you can tell, I don't know if you're like, if Boris is much of a horse person, but like, they don't look like they have...
1: He doesn't get that much time to hang around with they like, look animals, like women. He, he's <laughs> starting to kind of like... They look uh, like female horses. Animals, okay. So... Yeah, well, he's slightly shorter, so maybe you could make the judgment. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways,
0: as uh, as you're kind of admiring these horses, Jorsen says, "Well, well, we gotta get you there as soon as we can. So get on." And he uh, he puts a big hand against your back and uh, pushes you up into the carriage.
2: Great! This is clearly some first class service.
0: Here, back on Roy's tack and feed. <laughs> he closes the door and he says, "That service is our middle name." <laughs> Right, right. Within seconds of him closing the door, uh, Katie's like, "All right, Mister, hold on." Oh, well, I'm holding on. Don't worry about it. As you start to say that, oh, the where exactly should I hold on?
2: Katie, off. Katie, <laughs> Katie, where am I supposed to be? Hold on, holding on.
0: For the next five to six hours, it's it's actually time becomes a bit hard for you to track because you're being Buffing jostled and yeah, ass gets
1: hitting that wooden bench <laughs> yep and uh Have you a padded seat or not a padded seat even
0: oh nope no it's all no wood. padding yeah it's just all it's wood. yeah <laughs> it's the cheapest fastest tramp transport penny yeah. could uh arrange this quickly interesting
2: they sold it well though
0: <laughs> first class economy <laughs> you hear katie uh uh as you assume, uh, can only assume you're getting close Say, alright mister, you're gonna You're gonna wanna try and position Yourself towards the front of the carriage um, We're gonna come to a real quick stop Okay? Alright, sounds Great, okay And uh, roll me a uh, Dexterity save 18. As you get up To kind of move yourself towards the front of the carriage The carriage comes to like an immediate Stop as you're like halfway through But you're able to, to catch yourself Into the wall without you know hurting yourself or ending up on your your ass or your head less I, another like very very quick span of time goes by and katie's popping the door open she's like all right mister we're here Are you ready um i just like get up like kind of rub my head a little bit just because just much
1: for, as much as anything else from the mental anguish <laughs> um
2: uh yes great we're where are we exactly, Katie? Excellent driving,
0: by the way. I never would have known that you were uh, young and reckless. Oh, thank you, Mister. Uh, yeah. we're we're right at the edge of the forest. Um, you can see that there. Uh, we're at the trailhead that leads back to Cornelius's place. He's kind of um become a bit of a recluse since his exile. Uh, I've never actually met the man, but I. Oh, would you like to come
2: down and meet the man with
0: me? Uh, no, I gotta stay with the carriage. Um, Why don't we drive the carriage down? Well, you're looking, as you look down this, uh, <laughs> this path, you can see that it's pretty much just wide enough for a person to walk down.
2: Oh, that would make it, that makes sense, though. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I said, what if we just
2: unbridle the horses, you can take Gary and I'll take Darren, <laughs> and
0: we'll, uh, we'll march down the single file. Uh, she says, "No, that would still leave the uh, carriage itself unprotected." And I think if I didn't come back mm. with the carriage, I would probably get fired. Ditto, Ditto doesn't like missing carriages. It doesn't she's seem like go. you want
2: to come with me, Katie. No, she's not no. going to go with you.
0: Fair enough. Then you. It, it's now um, about like two, three o'clock in the afternoon. Boris uh, begrudgingly tips Katie. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, she says, Oh, thank you, mister. And she yeah. opens up uh he gives pulls out one of up. her uh no, she uh pulls out one of her shirt pockets and flips it up into her pocket. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I'm gonna buy my first beer with that. I'm gonna give you one <laughs> <laughs> I made myself laugh. <laughs> I... <laughs> Stupid.
2: Uh, yeah. uh, so... there's this nice place in uh in town called uh the silver ton's quite a nice place. I'll keep that in mind, mister. Thank you. Yeah. Uh. So, the first silver's a tip. The second silver's, uh, I'm going to give you right now, is just to try to persuade you to stay around. Uh, oh, I've I've already been paid to stay around, but I okay, mean, I'll well, take Okay, well, anyway. That- oh, oh, okay. Just for this one, is for staying around, okay? Oh, thank you. Thank
0: you. She takes it and flips it into the other pocket on the other side of her shirt. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, let's um, make
2: sure Darren gets some hay. Onto oats or whatever he eats. So I don't know. She, uh, I'm not the strongest of animal handling.
0: She goes around to the back of the carriage and actually opens up a compartment full of oats. Oh boy! This is I got it. I got it handled. You you gonna go? Yeah. Because I'd like to get back to town like today. Okay, I'm over it. I'm going. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. This Just me <laughs> going right now.
1: <laughs> so as you oh, go I down, he like, pulls his cape and <laughs> it's more like a cloak, and he and he walks off.
0: It's your DM, Andrew. Just a few exciting things, and then we'll get you right back into the episode. We are coming up on our one-year anniversary and our season one finale. We are really excited for y'all to hear it. You're going to need to emotionally prepare yourself before you listen to it, because some pretty intense things happen. But with that season one finale, we are going to be taking a very, very short hiatus In the meantime, we will be releasing an episode of all of your questions that you've been asking on the Discord and through our email and Twitter. This is the final call. You have until January 10th to get your questions in, uh, as we will be recording that episode on January 11th. That episode uh, will be going up mid-January, right before the start of Season 2. Also, we will have a huge, huge announcement uh, in the next episode, so stay tuned for that. But other than that, I just got to tell you about Shortwave. Podcasting is uh, becoming pretty ubiquitous, and there are a lot of services out there that offer podcast hosting, which is probably the most important part of podcasting, because if you don't have your podcast uh, hosted somewhere, nobody's ever going to hear it, (laughs) and... We went through a few different podcasting hosts at the beginning of our show, and while we had pretty good experiences with all of them, we found that Shortwave is the best fit for our show. Shortwave is a podcast hosting, syndication, analytics, and dynamic content stitching platform built on the belief that professional-level podcasting tools should be available to everyone. Not just professionals. And as we are sponsored by Shortwave, uh, you can go ahead and go over to their website, www.goshortwave.com, to start your free 14-day trial of hosting on Shortwave, which includes show and episode-level listener analytics, embeddable episode players, unlimited upload and download bandwidth, and two free hours of dynamic content stitching that helps you build your episodes from multiple clips, all in your browser. Again, you can go to www.goshortwave.com for a free 14-day trial of everything that shortwave has to offer shortwave the platform for adaptive podcasting till next time bye As you start heading down the path mm. uh, towards Cornelius's house, mm. uh, you—it like I said—it's about two, three o'clock in the afternoon, and it's a somewhat warm day for the time of year. And the the as you're walking down this path in the forest, trees are very close and the bushes are very thick, and it's it's starting to get a little like hot and oppressive. Oh. Um, and right when you think you're you're not gonna be able to handle it anymore, you come around a turn so in the puffing, trail, puffing, and it opens up into what appears to be a deserted field, hmm. um, about hundred feet in diameter, and
2: build it and
0: they will come. <laughs> as you as you walk into this field, I'm gonna need you to make a uh, ev- investigation check or a perception check, rather. Sorry.
1: Okay. So that's a fifteen, Kazbaris.
0: Okay. Basic. Um, you can tell that there's something kind of off about this. Oh, arcana check as Does well. Is anyone
1: playing baseball right now in the field?
0: No, no. It just seems completely <laughs> deserted. Pinstripes. <laughs> there's no diamond. <laughs> that's eleven. Okay. Uh, you, you, you can't really. Figure out what type of magic is being used here.
1: Oh, actually, here. sorry. That, that was uh, my bad. I was, I, I'm proficient in that. So that was uh, 14.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, so you notice that um, there is some sort of uh, illusionary magic going on here, but it, it seems like something way more advanced than you've – like. Uh, you can sense that there's a pretty big field of magic in the middle of this area, uh, probably around 50 feet circular uh and as you get closer to the center of this field you kind of feel that reality warping feeling Uh uh-oh but it's it's a little different than before because it doesn't feel like it's really affecting you you just kind of like Mm. feel like you're walking through it and then suddenly as you're you're kind of coming closer to this where you think this magical field is uh a house just springs into view and you kind of feel this like sense of a popped bubble around you okay and you look back well, behind you and back looking around you notice that like you're almost encased within a very large like soap bubble is what it seems like you know that kind oh, of cool. like, a, like, like, like rainbow machine. like yeah, sheen yeah flag. well and actually a as a window looking, looking at it, it it does that same like it has that same Whoa. like swirling movement that bubbles do, you know. Yeah. And, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't give you, a, like, a bad feeling or, like, it's you just know, unless surprise. you get, like, vertigo or something like that. It's just kind of an odd thing to see. You realize you've um, not past
1: some kind of barrier at this point. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: And as as soon as you pass through this and start to take a look around, uh, you hear the front door of the house open up, uh, kind of with a uh, somewhat of a long creature. And... As you turn your, your attention to it, uh, you see an impossibly old man walk through the door. Jeez! And as he walks out uh, and starts to come down the stairs towards you, uh, he's slowly raising a wand. But as, as he's coming down these stairs, with every stair he walks down, he seems to get younger and younger until when he's on the field with you only about ten feet away, fifteen feet away, uh, he appears to be a man in his- a human man in his thirties.
2: That's a- that's a nice trick. Um, <laughs> Horace is wondering if he came outside, if he would turn into a child.
1: <laughs>
2: he's you do really- he's just wondering this. You don't
0: really know much about this You're type just of wondering magic, this is, uh, uh, so I would say that's a, a plausible, like, conclusion you would come to, but that's not how it would work. <laughs> Yeah. It, this is more of a, a glamour spell than anything else. Mm. He, uh, as he, you know, is kind of approaching you, and he's got his wand pointed at you, he says, State your business here.
2: Uh, this is Cornelius, I assume?
0: Yes, I'm Cornelius.
2: Hi, Cornelius. Uh, my name Hello. is Boris. Hello. Um, Boris. I want to let you know, I'm slightly intimidated. Wait, you said Boris? My name is Boris. Tully. Correct. Uh, Penny sent you. Well, Torrin, actually. I'll tell you my name's Torrin. But yeah, too late. (laughs) Uh,
0: And he he lowers his wand back down. He's like, okay, I was expecting you. Well, Um, that makes this
2: considerably easier.
0: I didn't, I wasn't told you'd be a dwarf, though. Can you be trusted? Do you have some kind of problem against dwarves? Um, well. I mean, it is a dwarven city. The higher ranks of the dwarven, um, nobility has been infiltrated by the enemy, so, um, I don't. I quite is, know who I can trust.
2: Boris is like, oh, sorry. S-
0: since dwarves tend to be fiercely loyal, so first things I, first. I,
1: I, Boris is kind of taken back by this. He's a little bit like, well, I mean, <laughs> huh, it never really occurred to him. Like, I mean, he, you know, he works up with some people. I mean, he's related to people that are yeah quite up high there. up in in, in these in the clans, and so he's a little bit a little, slightly first of all, kind of like, well, nothing would infiltrate right at the top of our society. Like, i mean i know the church of the open eye is a thing down yeah. here at the kind of normal levels of society but he doesn't think it, something could really affect that high up it's never really kind of crossed his mind okay we're towards and then he's like so he's, he's he's like huh and he's starting to actually be a little bit long concerned about his own family maybe for the first time in a while so
0: uh and he says well i i was going to give you a test um but i can see oh. just by your reaction mm. to that news that uh what is this? You probably don't have any ties to anyone that, that is trying to what find What is me. this
2: you talk about, Cornelius? What's
0: well, the, the. How do you ch- know this? What, what makes you think this is possible? I have proof. Why don't you come inside, Boris? And he, he turns around, and as he's walking back up the stairs, he ages back to his what looks like an impossible age. Uh, uh, he looks like yeah. he shouldn't even be hmm, able to stand. Boris
1: is concerned if he goes up the stairs, he may actually die. <laughs>
0: uh, he turns around and looks at you and he says, do mm, don't worry about- It's not going to happen to me as I come up these stairs, Cornelius. No, that's- I mean, I um, want to know the
2: answer to what's going on, but I don't want to die
0: over it. That's just a glamour that I have, uh, so that any time I leave my house, if I need to go and go into public, people will not recognise me. So
2: you don't look older than time itself?
0: No, I I do. This is how I look normally when I'm at the bottom of the steps. That's the not real part. Yeah,
2: I understand. So I'm saying, yeah. Okay. When you go into town, you would look like a thirty year old something. Ex- exactly. Yes. Or a child. I'm what glad we cleared. I'm glad it.
0: we cleared that up. Thank you. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, Katie a powerful wizard? Uh, I I don't know a Katie.
2: Katie. Uh, she's the gnome uh that I came here with. She was a driver. Oh, um, I don't. It's just that she no. looks something akin to how you uh, age-wise. I just, I'm just wondering if, because <laughs> she's outside, she could actually be like no. your brother or something. Well... Also's done. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I was
0: gonna say. Uh, he he says, I don't know I, how this magic works, to be honest with you. I don't... I don't know. She... she I, she's no one I know. Okay. Right, then, Come fine. on, Boris. Just, just, I'm coming up the stairs. Uh, he... he g- Boris has a big, deep breath. <laughs> and so, uh, uh it's
1: all very overwhelming
0: as he's he's leading you inside and he closes the door behind you you take a look at the inside of this house and it's almost almost seems bigger than it should be hmm. and as he's leading you through the house you realize it, it it definitely is bigger than it should be because there's more rooms than what could be contained in what you saw So outside. I, I
1: think a little while ago boris would have been really Super impressed by this, but now he once, he once lived inside a staff. Yeah, like I mean, for a couple
0: hours, yeah. while well, like a nuclear
1: explosion went off outside, and and just kicked it, drinking with, looking at the clouds with Swifty. So at this
0: point, <laughs> when you actually you kind of recognize this as the same type of it's magic. Like, oh, this is just a bit. Uh, yeah. Where as you're walking through, it's just each room seems to be almost a another extra, yeah, min, extra so dimensional thing. has to
1: learn about. Uh, like I said, extra, um, yeah, kind of plainer spaces and, yeah. and things like yeah, that.
0: Yeah, like you, you walk by a room, um, and as you walk by the threshold, it's just fire. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that's the elemental plane of fire. Oh, I see, fire. That's just the, fire.
2: Uh, <laughs> see that's the kitchen.
0: <laughs> Cornelius leads you to what? appears to be his main study Mm. uh it's a very large room with books and lab equipment and alchemy equipment just everywhere Mm. but it's all very well organized and nicely kept and uh he he beckons you over to sit at a a small desk with two chairs next to it and as the two of you sit down he says okay so um Penny sent you with some papers
1: uh, she did. Uh, Boris reaches into his satchel and gets out the papers and, uh, the parchment. And he hasn't really read it. He didn't have any time, so he hasn't... Okay. I mean, you would have thought he would have done, like, the journey in the, in the, uh... Well, in I would imagine... have looked at it, but he didn't really get a chance because he was just bumping around so yeah. much and trying to cast Featherfly on himself, so he didn't have a painful ass.
0: <laughs> uh, good idea, yeah. yeah. But, uh, he starts to leaf through these, this paperwork, and he says, Hmm, interesting, In hmm, hmm... The boy, Tomash, has he... I don't see anything here. Um, has he had much contact with the outside world other than...
2: I'm not really sure. We we met him. He was at the school of... Uh, some school for boys, misfits. Yes. Misfit boys. Yes. Uh, Misbehaving good, yeah. boys. Yes. Rogue boys. Yeah. <laughs> boys of... Bad boys. <laughs> what you gonna do, what you gonna do.
0: Salty boys. Uh, says he has uh, his not his to be confused with here. the rowdy
2: boys because what? they're a the band.
0: He says no. Uh, his his uh, history is in here already. Um, Barry and him I'm to have some kind is, of relationship,
2: but I'm, I don't. I don't think it's inappropriate. I just think they have a relationship. Uh, like they identify because Barry was one of these misfit boys as well.
0: I see, I see. Um, has Barry possibly taken him out? Because uh, from what I'm well, seeing Barry here... Helped, um, uh,
2: Barry helped get him out of the situation. He was being attacked at one like being chased down an alleyway at one point. And yes, Barry yeah. picked him up and got him out of there.
0: Yes, I know about that. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, but uh, what, what I'm mainly asking is if he's...
2: How do you know about that?
0: It's in Penny's report. Oh, right, here. right, right. <laughs> Penny's very thorough. He says, uh, what—what what I really need to know is if he has started exhibiting any signs of weird magic. Uh, you well, know,
2: I don't really hang out with him that much, so, um—
0: You may be familiar with—I—I I, I know you're a man of magic yourself. There's a interesting effect that's been happening, um, lately that normally the barriers between dimensions let's say, are very strong and thick and Mm. can't be broken. All that's wearing away for some reason. And I've been in in contact with some other mages uh, from the Andaleth Collective, Um, Hmm. the the ruling class of the elves. um, Whoa. They seem to be the only noble society that has not uh, in some way been... Infiltrated by the church. Uh, huh. So you—that's really you, suspicious.
2: That's a little suspicious, isn't it? You think maybe, uh, maybe they're the other ones responsible?
0: No, they've been awake to this threat. You know uh, what they say
2: you never really can trust an elf.
0: For a long time, I would trust any of them with my life. Anyways, fair um, enough.
2: I see. I'm reading this room wrong.
0: We, <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've all come to the. Same conclusion, though, that something very bad is about to happen. We just don't know when, and we're worried that the magic this boy displays at such a young age could be something that could turn the tide of the coming conflict. Oh, one way so you or the think other.
2: that Tomas is pretty important?
0: He seems to be, yes. Um, oh. And from what I'm seeing here, and he, he kind of leaves through a few of the papers, uh, and he says this boy controls. I mean magic that is Basically unheard of Magic that can change the Absolute fabric of reality
2: Okay As
0: you know Studying magic um, Magic is just a subtle manipulation Of what is already there
2: Of the weave right
0: Yes basically um, and, and you know energies of the fey And different planes of existence But there is no magic That should be able to change those Hmm. take fire and turn it into gold Hmm. not through magic but through literally changing the composition of atoms in that fire to become gold essentially this is something that you could use to like I said, I, I mean... I don't know if you
2: should keep going on calling you this. Are you suggesting that the safest thing to do is to execute uh, Tomash?
0: No, not at all. Not at all. We need to study him more. We need to help this boy train so that he can be an asset to us. I mm. mean... So this is a fo- kind of a force he has? Yeah, it's it's... It, it, it seems to be a natural magical ability hmm. something that he, has to learn to he control doesn't control even force, realize is that what
2: you're saying he's got a force within him that he needs to learn to control <laughs> yes and he, he doesn't have a strong <laughs> hang on, he doesn't have a strong father figure all
0: over the place with the references <laughs> today <laughs>
2: he has no no strong father figure no uh this could be problematic
0: but so, I know that your time is limited, uh... Oh yeah, I'm a very busy
2: person, Mr. Cornius. I, right now, uh, I have a barrel of ale being delivered that may or may not get sold to one of my best acquaintances. <laughs> uh, he says- And I-, I need to make sure that I do not sell it for undervalue. Oh,
0: I-I understand about that, um, well...
2: Secretly, secretly between me, me and you, Cornius, because I feel like we've got quite a good relationship going right now. Very secretly, just between me and you. Yeah, yes. I bought that barrel of, uh, of alcohol for a mere uh, 75 gold. <laughs> wow. But I'm
0: going to sell it for
2: 280 gold.
0: That's a pretty good return on investment. It's a pretty good markup, isn't it? You seem like a very shrewd businessman. Well, he just dust his, dust his cloak off a little bit. Can I if... sell you a timeshare?
2: What's this? Im- <laughs> this? This is
0: intriguing to me. It's, uh, you get seven days in Costa Rica every year. (laughs) Okay, so he, uh... Where's
2: this Costa Rica? He
0: says, well, okay, so Penny had you bring something to me, but I also, uh, she sent you in person because there's something that I need you to bring back to her, and I cannot trust it with a courier. He goes over to a cabinet, opens it, pulls this chest, small, like, what seems to be like obsidian like just black shiny glass chest over and uh sets it down in front of you and you notice that there there doesn't seem to be a latch there doesn't even seem to be hinges it looks to be all of one piece Hmm. and he says okay um you're going to take this to penny it is another of the orbs that aldalar had intercepted we believe that they are a travel mechanism and that he's gone somewhere. And bring this back to her. She will have someone, um, waiting to possibly bring Aldalar back from wherever he went.
2: Right, so just take this orb back.
0: Yes, um, don't, uh… The scary orb. uh, This, uh, orb, you don't want to touch it, so this, this chest that I've created, um, can only be opened with a certain, uh, magical enchantment, which… Penny already has instructions on. You, you can't really open it if you wanted to, which is good because we wouldn't want you disappearing as well. Uh, but yes, take this back to Penny and um, hopefully it will be a doorway into getting Aldalar back. Do me one other favor. Just keep an eye on the boy. Make sure that uh, no one becomes a bad influence on him. We would not want him, you know, defecting to the other side. He kind of ushers you out of his house, and you go back through this crazy fun house of interdimensional rooms. It's
1: and the and the and the orbs in his.
0: Oh, he yeah, he gave you that
1: in his, so you don't have to touch it in his. Because I can't touch it, right?
0: Yeah, well, it's a it, it's in a chest. That's what the obsidian looking chest thing is. Okay. Um, and he, you know, he puts it in a bag for you, and
1: okay. and then it goes in my satchel.
0: Okay. Uh, he gets you outside. It's like heavy. <laughs> yes, it's very heavy, actually. But he he gets you outside, and as you're leaving back through that bubble, uh, he says, uh, "Real, real quick before you go, um, little side effect of the field around the house. In about two hours, you're going to forget how to get back here." Okay? Huh? That's j- it's just a protective oh, thing don't for worry, myself. Mr. Cordy
2: Lewis, I'll probably forget well before that.
0: That way, if you're ever captured and tortured, you can't divulge the, my whereabouts. Right. Okay. Uh, so you walk back through the bubble and you feel that weird popping sensation again and that reality bending, but just kind of yeah localized around you. But you get back down the path and Katie is uh, sitting on top of the carriage and she sees you coming and she's kind of just like whittling on a stick and she says, oh, mister, uh, uh,
2: you ready? Katie, you missed on a... You so should have come. You missed an amazing experience. They've got a fair down there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was a merry-go-round. Aww. Horses that looked even better than these wonderful horses. Oh, really? What kinds of colors? I would have really and there liked was that. A, and there was a swing. And there oh, was a bouncy house. A, re- a, a bouncy house? Yeah. It was a magical bouncy house. Never mind, okay? Next oh. time, maybe you'll actually go along on, on something when we invites maybe you. Maybe
0: I'll come back uh, when I get some vacation oh, time. Unfortunate.
2: I think they said they were packing up uh, this oh. evening. Oh, that's... Yeah, unfortunate, isn't it?
0: All right, the key. let's go. <laughs> okay, okay. And uh, as you get in the carriage, she shuts the door behind you and jumps up in her spot. She's like, all right, remember, hold she on. She shuts up. There was also a small mini roller coaster. <laughs> as, you're, as you're starting to say that, she's like... she just (laughs) kicks the horses into high gear again and they take off and you're also around the roller coaster (laughs) about halfway back you start to feel like you kind of are getting like a headache coming on and not just from being jostled around half the day Mm. it's like in the center of your head Uh, but it just as quickly as it starts to come on it Goes away. Does Boris need to throw up? No. no. Uh, He's but getting a bit queasy. You realize that you remember all the details of this meeting you just had with Cornelius, except for where it was. Damn. And you can, and you remember what he said, and you're like, "Wow, that, that works well." You can't you can't remember any details about wow. where he was. I could ask Katie. All she would know is how to get to the path. True. You hear Katie exclaim holy shit what's going on and suddenly the uh carriage is brought to a very abrupt halt oh no and actually um feels like it's about to Tip over for a second because uh, of, like it's it's like sliding, and, and she's like, "Hold on, Mister! Hold on! Hold on!" And uh, the the horses are just neighing like crazy. They're they're freaking out. Uh, and as you kind of open the door and and take a step out, you see what stopped Katie. You can see Solandrian in the distance. Uh, you're you're kind of coming out of the forest at this point, mm. and Solandrian's kind of in the base of a valley uh so there's a bit of a drop off down towards it um and in this kind of bursting up through the center of the market district and connecting itself with tendrils all over the city uh, is what appears to be a column of flesh like raw flesh and it's just covered in eyes eyes all over it every inch just oh covered in eyes um it looks i mean it the the main like vine of this that's coming off kind of comes up out of the market district and looks like it ends over in the nobility district hmm. with all these tentacles shooting off of it going through buildings and houses so Like, what, like 40, um, feet? I, uh, 40 to 50 feet yeah it, it's huge just spanning almost the entire city it's got tentacles all shooting through everything and it looks like it's been there for a little while now this uh, doesn't look like it just happened
2: What? uh yeah that's not good
1: It's a wrap, people.